Welcome to another live episode, guys. So today is going to be a very interesting episode. Listen, did you guys know that the average person actually has 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts going through your head on a daily basis? And then you know what's of an interesting is that's what the average person is, but that's not actually average because the reality is this is more than 50 to 70% of people are not actually thinking. They have zero thoughts going on in your head, which is which which is kind of mind-boggling. But you got to think about it from a perspective of this. This is what I'm thinking about when I see that, right? Is we have 30% and 50% of people who are actually thinking they have 12,000 to 6,000, 60,000 thoughts going on through your head on a day on a daily basis. But here's the problem. The problem here is 80% of those thoughts are negative. 80% of what they're thinking are negative. Listen, you know what's interesting? And I'm, before we go ahead and dive into the stats and dive into the data, I personally, I'm going to tell you guys something. I used to be somebody who suffered from negative self-talk. Even till this day, it still goes into my head. There's still times in which I still doubt myself. There's still times in which things happen that I'm like, you know what? It's still a bit of a struggle to kind of overcome that negativity, that negativity bias, the fact in which you're afraid or you think something might not work out, the fact in which, you know, you're like, okay, you know, is this the right thing to do? What happens is this, you know, what happens if I do this? What do I have to worry about? You know, these are few things that are out there in the back of my head. That's back of anybody's head who is in that 50% that's thinking. And we're going to be covering that now. And I want you to ask you that question is, am I thinking 80% negative? If that's you, then you're going to want to go ahead and stay listening. So let's go and dive into this. So this is an interesting stat that I, I kind of Coming across today in my research, right? And this is basically, it's according to the National Science Foundation, an average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day of those 80% and negative and 90%, 95% of repetitive. So just think about this, right? Think about this. Imagine you have 12,000 thoughts going on in your head, 12,000 thoughts going on in your head, and, you know, 9,400 of them are negative. Okay, just imagine 9,000 of those thoughts are negative, and out of those 9,000, it's all negative, you know, repetition. You think about it in your perspective. You're like, you know, thinking about your personal uh, uh, appearance. You think to yourself, like, you're not that good looking. Or thinking about you in your finances, you're like, ah, you're not making enough money. Thinking about how much you're broke. Or thinking about how things are not working out. Thinking about how, you know, your life is not working out in the way in which you're supposed to be working on. Thinking about how, you know, your business is not working, how things are going to fail. Scared of, you know, you might lose your family. Scared of you might lose your relationship. Scared that something might happen. These are the negative thoughts that are happening 80% of the time. And 95% of it, it's recurring, repetitive. And it's basically showing more to yourself than, you know what, whatever it is that your biggest fear, what it is that you're worried about, what it is you're concerned about. The most biggest thing is you're actually attracting that. But we're going to be talking about a few things, which is basically... We're going to talk about where does the negative self-talk come from, and I just kind of wanted to go and share with you guys that stats because that, to me, was insane. When I saw those numbers, that was insane to me when I pretty much, you know, um, was looking at it. But now let's interesting. Let's kind of dive a little deeper. Let's break this apart, and let's find out where everything happens. So where does the negative talks come from? What is that negativity? Where is that negativity? Where, where does it originate in the mind, right? Where does it, you know, originate in the brain? So there's something called the negativity bias, right? So think about it. Let's imagine this, right? Somebody tells you, 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 you're looking at two articles. We're going to look at two articles, right? Um, woman saves baby or new baby born. And you're like, wow. Okay. You're like, okay. And then you scroll. And then you see um, Kim Kardashian just got divorced from Kanye. You're like, whoa, I got to click on this, right? But you're like, well, that's not my, that's not my kind of deal. I'm not that kind of person that, you know, that, 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 you know, dives into that Kim Kardashian stuff. All right, let's look at another scenario here. You're scrolling through it. You're like. Ooh, man finally achieves dream of getting his four-year degree at age 85. You're like, good for you, but I'm going to keep scrolling, okay? But then you grow and you find another article that says, woman 
kills baby. You're like, whoa, oh my God, why would she do that? Oh my God, I got to click on that. I got to see what's going on here. Jeez, why would she do Oh my, what's, what is wrong with society? Why? You think about it. It's negativity bias. You're looking for the negative, right? You see the positive and you're like, hmm. But then the negative comes, you're like, oh my God, jeez, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. They told me this. I knew it. Now, what's interesting, I'm being a little bit dramatic today because you guys know when I'm in studio and my camera is going crazy because it, it, it kind of auto-adjusts and does its own thing. But when I'm in studio, I kind of get a little bit, you know, I love I love being in the studio, honestly. But so what's interesting is we have the negativity bias, right? So you're probably watching this right now. You're like, maybe you're like, I'm not a negative person. I'm very, very positive. I'm very, very positive. I'm a very positive person. Whatever I do, I'm very positive in everything I do. Well, let's look at it from a perspective of, is this sort of specific parts of the neighborhood in your area that you wouldn't go to you're like yeah of course it's not safe okay all right is there specific times of the day that you wouldn't hang out at night yeah of course it's not safe is there specific things you wouldn't do yeah of course why not you know because reason being is negativity bias is not a bad thing it's not the bad thing to say you're going to be negative because the reality is you're doing it because the brain is designed to protect yourself. The same reason why you wouldn't go to those neighborhoods where in the middle of the night at 1 a.m. You wouldn't go in a, in, a, in a dark alley somewhere because something might happen. It's the same reason. It's called negativity bias because your brain looks for the negative. The reason why your brain looks for the negative and why does your brain look for the negative? The brain looks for the negative because of one thing, one thing. The brain is designed to protect you. It's self-preservation. Self-preservation is the key. Self-preservation is the reason why the brain is like, you know what? Absolutely. You're not doing this. Most people don't invest. Most people play the safe routes, safe, take the safe routes because of what? The negativity bias. They're afraid that things are not going to work out. They're afraid of whatever venture, whatever thing that they do, they will not realize it. But that's then again, it's fine because then again, it's like it's there to protect you because if you do it and then you lose the money, it's going to cause pain. It's going to cause pain. And what is the one thing that people do? People will do more, okay, to avoid pain than they will to gain pleasure. Okay, so if there's if there's a, if there's a ninety percent chance that you might lose a thousand dollars, but you ten percent chance you make a million, people still say what? No, I'm still gonna keep my. I'm gonna still keep my money. I ain't doing that. Absolutely not. Hell no. No, that's the reason why if you're in sales right now, when you're having conversation with people, all that's going on in their head is why they shouldn't do business with you. They're thinking they're like. He just raised his voice. He just said, he just said, he just said, you know, how's your day going? And they're like, no, you can't trust anybody that says, how's your day doing? They got to say, like, how's your, like, ain't nobody that happy. Ain't nobody that happy is going to be like, how's your day doing? How's your day doing? They're like, no, no, no. Too high pitched. Like, no, no, no. Can't trust them. People are looking for reasons. So they're like, ooh, he showed up and he's wearing a suit. Okay. He's wearing a suit. And you know what they say? People who wear suits. They take people's money. You're like, whoa, nope, nope, nope. Can't do business with him. Or what? He showed up and he's wearing a t-shirt. Well, he didn't even have the courtesy to show up dressed. He didn't have courtesy to even be cleanly dressed. Can't do business with him. No. Then you're like, oh, okay. So you see, there's a kind of things that kind of come into place. Negativity biases. People are looking for reasons why they shouldn't do things. They're supposed to look for reasons why they should. So let's go ahead and dive into the deep, a little deeper as to what is the negativity bias, right? We're going to dive a little deeper there into what is a negativity bias. So let's kind of look at this here. So this is from an article from Very Well Mind. Um, and this just kind of dives into negativity bias. So the negativity bias is a tendency not only to register negative stimuli more readily, but also to dwell on these events, okay? So events also known as positive, negative, po as events also known as positive, negative, 
symmetry. This negativity bias means that we feel the sting of a rebuke more powerfully than we feel the joy of praise. Think about it. Come on, let's think about it. Let's think about the perspective. You know, like someone tells you, like, imagine this: ninety people, ninety-nine people say, "Oh my God, you look so gorgeous. You look so beautiful. Oh my God, you look absolutely amazing." I'm just looking at you right now, and you take my breath away. Oh my God, just looking at you right now, like, God damn it! And then that one guy that's like, "Oh hell no, jeez, what? Did you take a shower today? What?" I know I'm being a little drama dramatic. I'm just kind of. <laughs> I'm just having fun. But then again, you have that you have that one person. Then all through the night, you go in your head and you're like, wait, why didn't this person like me? Why? You you totally ignore the fact that 99% of people tell you you're good. And there's a reason why 99% of people tell you everything's going good, but that one person, what that one person told you that they disagree with you, you will do more to try to please that person than you will to like, you know, actually like. Listen to the fact that 99% of people actually think you're good. There's a reason why, you know, it's kind of a side note. It's a joke where people go like, you know, 90 guy, 99 guys will tell a woman that she's attractive. And then one guy will be like, no, I'm not interested. And she'll be like, why doesn't he like me? Why? You don't think I'm good enough? Why? Why? Now, the reason why I'm bringing that is this. is I want you to think about the perspective of this is if 99% of people compliment you on how much of a great work you do. And then one person tells you like, oh, I think you could do better. You're like, why? You know what? He doesn't like me. I don't know what it is, you know, for some reason, but the thing is, is the negativity biases do we tend to reaffirm more and actually keep more and retain more of that negative stuff that was told to us as opposed to the positive stuff that we basically experience as opposed to the person tells us how gorgeous we look, how much of a great work we do, how much of how awesome we are, how, how amazing everything it is we do. That one, we have that one person that tells us that what we do is not right. And guess what? We tend to dwell on it. And we're like, no, no. They think I'm not going to accomplish anything. Oh, no. Now, that is basically the negativity bias, right? So let's go ahead and continue on this article here. So this psychological phenomenon explains why bad first impressions can be so difficult to overcome and why past traumas, you know, can have such long lingering effects. In almost any interaction, we are more likely to notice negative things and let it remember them more vividly. As humans, we tend to, we tend to, Take a listen to this. As humans, you tend to remember traumatic experiences better than positive ones, okay? So we remember, like, same thing. Someone gives you negative compliments. You're like, oh, my God, they don't like me. No. We tend to recall insults better than praise. We tend to react more strongly to negative stimuli. We tend to think think about negative things more frequently than positive ones. And we tend to respond more strongly to negative events than equally positive ones. Okay? So we can dive into the example, right? But what do we even say? So, so technically, research has shown that across a wide array of, of psychological events, people tend to focus more on the negative as they try to make sense of the world. We tend to pay more attention to negative events than positive ones, learn, learn more from negative outcomes and experiences. Like you can tell somebody, like for instance, you can tell somebody, you know, you know how much, it, there's a reason why when you experience pain from doing something, you tend to, for some reason, you learn to, tend to learn a lesson. So for instance, so one of the things out, so I, you guys know I do, you know, I've spoken about this recently, so I took on boxing, right? Boxing is pretty, but the one thing you gotta do, you, one of the rules in boxing is you always gotta keep your hands up, right? You always gotta, you gotta keep your hands up, stay tight and keep your hands up. Reason why is this, is if, if you, let's say, you know, you go in there, you jab a little bit, but then What's the other opponent going to do? You open, right? So you got to use the other hand. to do, The other hand, you got to be willing to do something, right? So what happens is if you end up leaving this hand down, right? Boom, cross. You're done, all right? But all right, you keep your hands there. You keep your defense just in case there's a dodge somewhere or there's an uppercut. You have something that you can do, right? Kind of, you know, I'm still a novice, a novice for the most part, right? But that's basically if you're looking at it from a boxing perspective, right? But what is that to say? 
What is that to say? Is that's to say for you as an individual, is this something I want you to keep in the back of your head right now? Is this you? We tend to do more, we tend to have more of that negativity. We tend to keep more of that negativity. We tend to have more of that pain. We tend to retain and learn more from that pain just based off the fact that to, it, it leaves a scar. Because if, if same thing with the boxing, if I drop my hands down and I boom, get across, I'm like, oh, now I know, whoa. You know, so I give an example. So this was the boxing coach. So the boxing coach, so wanted about to, he was, he was telling me a story. So there's this one guy, dude had a sick jab, like the dude could jab. But one thing about his jab was when he jabbed, he dropped his right hand. So he'd always jab and drop his right hand. And every time the coach, coach would be like, hey, keep your right hand up, keep your hand up. And then he'd always, and then keep your hand up, keep your hand up. And then one day, just like, you know, he said, just give him a boom. And then he was like, next thing you know, he's like, Boom, right hand there, because he goes, boom, block it. Now he's like, okay, now he sees the, all right, headset stay. Now he sees the reason, the, the, the benefit behind, okay, why you got to protect himself. But the only reason why he learned it was not from saying, oh, you know, don't do this, but just from the fact of like, oh, right, you got to put your hand out there. So now he's put your hand out there because, one, he got punched in the face. And it's like, okay, that's what it feels like. So that's why we got to put the hand up there. So that's kind of the key concept that I want you to think about it from a perspective of negativity tends to leave more of a negative impact. There's a reason why you could have, how would I put it? You could have a great relationship, phenomenal person, okay? Absolutely tremendous person, and everything is going great. But then let's say the person decides to leave these socks in the toilet, not a toilet, but like somewhere. And then you're like, well, you know, why did you leave your socks here? Because it's kind of like it's the same concept as to we tend to focus more on the negative and we tend to amplify more of the negative than we actually do the positive because you have to think about genuinely most people – I mean, we're looking at it. Eighty percent of the mind is actually negative, right? And that's the reason why, which is also interesting, is you got to think about it. Is most people there's a reason why most people, you know, we talk about success, right? And I'm say this, and I was talking to I was talking to someone today, and I said this. I said, success, failure. People don't care about failure. People don't care if you fail. You could fail right now, and people all they would do is laugh. Ha 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 ha. But when you succeed, they see you as a threat. You see, here's the most interesting thing. Nobody wants in a competition. Nobody wants the number five spot. Nobody wants the number seven spot. Nobody wants the number 10 spot. What does everybody want? Everybody wants the number one spot. Everybody wants the number one spot. And they don't care if they have to tear you down to take the number one spot, but they want that number one spot. What does that mean? That's basically competition. That's what life is. Life is basically competition, right? So hence I say this is success brings more haters than failure does. Right, there's a reason why everybody roots for the underdog, right? Why do people root for the underdog? Think about it. If you watch movies, you're like, you know how the movie's coming, it's like the up and coming guy. He's like, Yeah, you know, he's practicing, he's from the streets of the Bronx. You know, he's like knocking off his opponent. Everyone's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. He's he's out there, you know what? Jimmy's doing it, Jimmy's doing it, and the crowd goes, Whoa. But no one is like the top contender, they're like, he's the big bad guy. He's been the number one, number one undefeated for three, four years. And everyone's like, take him down, take him down. Because the real, in reality is this, is this, is people root for the underdog. Because when you get to the top, you become a threat. When you become a top, you become a threat. Now, why, is, why should you keep this in mind? I want you to keep this in mind. Is this is Life is very competitive, right? And you have to think about it. Your success is great for you, but not everybody sees your success as actually great for them. Right. So you got to understand the moment you choose to you make the decision to compete, the moment you make the decision to win is the moment you made the decision to become enemy of the state.
making the decision to become enemy of everybody else because you made the decision to put yourself out there. That's where you got to be cautious. But we're going to dive. We're going to dive into that's a little bit life lesson there to give you guys, give you guys an example as to, you know, success brings haters because they see your success in a negative way or it's positive to you. They still see it. And so it's all about perception. It's good for you. But for them, they see it as, no, I want to be that spot. Right. So you got to understand that's why you got to have a competitive mindset. I'm going to just I'm just kind of branching out. But you got to have a competitive mindset. It's very important. You have a competitive mindset because when you have a competitive mindset, you're like, boom, you got a hater out of this because you're going to have haters. I have them. You're going to have them. When you do, you're like, oh, OK, cool. That's fine. That's part of the process. Right. It's a competition. Right. It's a competition. So it's when people start playing unfairly, you're like, oh, somebody might cheat in the competition. So you got to always have a game. You always got to make sure that you're up. You make sure you got to outwork your opponent, wake up early, stay late. And you got to make sure that you are doing way better because guess what? You're going to have competition. Right. I'm kind of kind of diverting there on a side note. But so you received a performance review at work. Right. So that was quite positive. Overall, I noticed a strong performance and achievements. A few constructive comp comments pointing out areas where you could improve. Right. That's another one. Right. You had an argument which is significant other. And afterward, you find yourself focused on all your partner's flaws. Think about it, right? When you, when you, when you, when you have a partner with your boyfriend or girlfriend, a wife, a husband, and you know, you guys, you know, whatever it is, then you start going like, oh, they only shower once a year. And you're like, whoa, you know, or you know what? They don't, they snow when they sleep. Or, you know, they, whatever it is, you can put the list out there. Whatever it is, your part, you can put the list out there. And the reason, the, the, the thing is this, is when you have more of a, a conflict or something happens, you focus a lot more on the negative because the negativity is what you are, what you're retaining in your mind, right? It's like, as you start thinking about the negative, you start thinking about why the relationship won't work. You start thinking about, oh, yeah, you know what? My my sister told me, my friend told me, everyone has told you. But, but the reality is, is the more you focus on the negative, the more you become negative. Right. The more you focus on the negative, the more remember if you 80 percent of our thoughts are negative and 95 percent of it is repetitive. So which means is everything you're thinking is just a repetition of how of the negativity. So you could be like, oh, this person sucks. And that's all because if you're thinking negative, all you're going to see is negative. We're going to dive into that. guys. This is going to be a little bit of a little bit of a longer life. Right. But. We're going to dive back into to this, to, to this article here. So you humiliated yourself in front of your friends years ago and you can still vividly recall the event. You find yourself cringing with embarrassment over it. And even though your friends have probably forgotten about it. So I'll tell you a little funny story about my sister. Right. So um, this was this was this was a very, very long time ago. And I remember. So my so my elder sister used to come pick me up from school. So I remember. I was, it was, it was closing time. She was supposed to, she was supposed to pick me up, but she came late. So she, she wasn't there to pick me up. So it was 10 minutes past 15, 20, 30. So she wasn't here. So I was like, all right, it's going to be a while. So I went back in class in school and there was a few friends of mine were there. So we we're just chit-chatting, having fun. And then, you know, finally, and one time I came downstairs, my sister had already come in. She's going on the entire school looking for me. So I saw her, but the way she looked at me, right? She looked at me with this. Like, because we made eye contact and we made eye contact from like maybe 40, 50 yards away. But the eye contact was like, I, she looked at me like, she's like, I'm gonna mess you up. And I looked at her, I was like, no, I'm running. And I took off like, ooh, like there was nothing. Like you, like I was like, you can't even see me coming. Like I was, I was gone. And then guess what? She was running. She's watching this, but she slipped and she fell. Boom, face down. And I saw that. I was like, yeah, I was like, at that point, I was like, yep, game over. That's it. I'm done. Game over. I was like, that's game over because the fact that she fell down and this was in front of maybe 20, 30 people, she fell down, meant like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And she came. She's like, she looked at me. She goes, Emmanuel, if you run, I will kill you. <laughs> she looked at me. She said, I was like, 
oh my god i still laugh at that and i looked at her and i was like i was like i'm sorry i'm so sorry you know next year you know, you know oh yeah that was that was it <laughs> that was an interesting day but the reason why i'm bringing that is this is the embarrassment that she experienced from that the 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 feeling and experience that she had from basically the me um basically the embarrassment and stuff she just kind of she associated that negativity there and for the rest of i think for like maybe a year or two years she kept reminding me of like you know yep remember that one time you ran and i felt and the whole time i was like she never remembered the time in which i was always there on time waiting for her no it was like remember the one time that i fell emmanuel remember the one time i fell and ever since then i just knew one not to run because i remember one time i ran oh yeah yeah yeah. my sister was a runner she was a very she was an athlete in school so i wasn't i was an athlete but i was like i was more of a basketball player so you just that uh, oop done you know but yeah but that's pretty much it i get I, I digress guys i digress but we we pretty much we shall continue here so that's negativity about it. so where negativity about it comes from so there's basically a few you know a few things that comes from but this article kind of dives a little better and set deeper and says our tendency to pay more attention to bad things and overlook good things is is, is a result of evolution right so basically in human history we paid attention to the bad and dangerous things for the purposes of protecting ourselves because then again there were threats in the world that we needed to protect ourselves from like life and death threats like so you had to pretty much learn so if your brain if something was going to be bad you're like whoa okay good you know like there's a reason why most people because the thing is most people don't have a you know people are like oh my god scared of heights no you're not you're not scared of heights you're scared of falling two different things because people will get in a plane but they won't stand in the 20th floor of a building why because in a plane it's enclosed and you have that element of protection but when you're standing looking down on the 20th floor of a building you're like yeah no 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 uh -uh, no no that's the same concept you gotta think about it is this is where does that come from you've never fallen that high before it's because your mind is that preconditioned notion that's already been there for a long time. That's where basically it all comes from. Is is you gotta look at it from that perspective of we all have the one mind. We all pretty much have that that concept of you know things have happened in the past. And in a way, pretty much from that, your your brain pretty much keeps that in developing the process because research suggests that this negativity bias starts to emerge in infancy. Okay. Very young infants tend to pay attention to positive facial expression and even tone of voice, right? But this begins to shift. Now, imagine, you know, every every African would say this, like, you know, or even any parent, every kid, remember, remember when your parents would be like, Emmanuel, hey, or they'd be like, you know, whatever it is. And then they're like, Emmanuel. And you're like, whoa, you hear the tone. You're like, yep. Or they call you your full name, Emmanuel Igwe. You're like, okay, yep, it's game over. Right. You kind of tend to associate that bias. So those, those, those biases pretty much as you're growing up, that's kind of. I want to take a risk from that. So brain studies indicate that around this time, babies begin to experience greater brain responses to negative stimuli. This is just as a brain's negative bias emerges during the latter half of a child's first year of life. And obviously there's more of that, right? So we can we can dive deeper into the brain's responses, but I'm not going to dive into that, right? So pretty much how to, it, it kind of dives into how to overcome, how to stop negative self-talk, reframe the situation. I mean, you can guys can go check out the article. Uh, very, you can go check out the article, but that's not the purpose of what I want to talk about today. So in a way, I want you guys to think about it. Through negativity and the influence of the conscious mind on the subconscious mind, you use a process of auto-suggestion. So what is auto-suggestion? So the way I want you to think about auto-suggestion is this. is Auto-suggestion is basically, let me give you an example, and then I'll explain it. Imagine you walk around in, in your job today. Right, you're walking around, and then one person comes up to you and be like, Martha, are you okay? And you're like, Yeah, I'm fine. Someone else comes to you, like, Martha, you look pale. What's going on? Like, I I'm fine. And that person comes in, Martha, are you sure? Is everything okay? I'm I don't know, you don't look the same. You're like, 
yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine. What's going? What is everything? And like, and then Alpha comes like, and then like an hour later, someone comes and like, Martha, what's up with you today? What's going on? Like, you just you, you, something's off. You don't you don't you don't look okay. And you're like, what what? And then in another hour, someone comes and like, Martha, what are you? Do you need help? What's going on? Do you, do you need me to call the doctor? Are you okay? You're like, no, what's going what's going on? And then someone comes like Martha, and then you're like, I actually you're like, I don't feel Martha comes and she's like, I don't feel I, I don't know, I don't feel okay. I think I need to I need to go home and get some rest. She was totally fine, but because everybody came and kept repeating to her that she wasn't okay and asking questions, they were like, Oh, you're okay. She starts feeling like she's not okay. Right now, why am I bringing this example to you? Bring this example to you for you to think about is is called the process of auto-suggestion. Auto-suggestion works on a process, and this was kind of coined from chapter four of the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. But auto-suggestion is basically the process by which you can basically take either the truth or a lie, but if you repeat it long enough, it eventually becomes the truth in your reality. Because I want you guys to think about this. I want to go to the board. I'm going to go to my board, my fancy board, my fancy, 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 yeah. Ooh, ooh. And don't forget to like the video, guys. Subscribe to the channel as well. So I want you guys to think about it from this way. All right, so we'll look at this from the perspective of this is your conscious mind, okay? Your conscious mind basically receives information, okay? Your conscious mind receives information. It's like, you know, it receives all the information. And as it receives your conscious mind, as your conscious mind receives all the information, it filters, okay? So think about it from a perspective of it filters down that information, okay? The information continues to get filtered down, and then it gets to your think about it this way as your subconscious mind okay your subconscious mind so think about it as a bowl as a let's say this is a bucket okay i'm gonna see something that uh so think about it like as a, as a bucket right so the subconscious mind is a bucket all right and this here is your this is your conscious mind okay and then this is your subconscious mind Okay, so this is your subconscious mind. So your conscious mind gives all the information. So your conscious mind gives all the information. And as a conscious mind continues to give information, all that information is basically flowing down now to your subconscious mind, right? All that information is basically now flowing down to your subconscious mind. But the difference is this is the subconscious mind does not know what is real and what is fake. It doesn't know what is truth. It doesn't know what is lie. It has zero filters. It's just an open bin ready to receive information. It is up to your conscious mind to filter it. Now, if 90, 80% of the thoughts that you're thinking are negative, there is nothing being filtered. And all you're filtering, if you're telling yourself you're ugly, you're telling yourself you don't look good, you're telling yourself nobody loves you, telling yourself you're not good enough, telling yourself you can't amount to anything. All you're doing is you literally, there's no filter. So all your subconscious mind is doing is your subconscious mind is just saying, okay, I guess that's the truth. And it's accepting it. And if anything is given with strong enough emotion, it will make it a reality. Because you start noticing that people don't like you. You start noticing that, you know, you know, people start saying, oh, you know, people don't talk to you. Your relationship life takes a dip. You, you start, you keep telling yourself you're broke long enough. You start losing money. These are few things. That's this reason why people, you know, for the longest time, I, anytime I interact with a few people, they'll be like, oh, Emmanuel, you're so egotistic. Oh, your ego. Oh, you're so full of yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I'm full of myself. Aren't you full of yourself? And they're like, no, it's not good to be. I'm like, be honest. Listen, no one is going to care about me more than me. No one. You're not, I don't expect you to care more about me than me. I don't expect you to do more about me than me. For me, than me. I don't expect it, right? I don't, I don't live in that system. So when people tell me, oh, my God, Emmanuel, oh, your ego, your this, yeah. 
Because guess what? It's healthy to have an ego because I feel good. It's not hurting you. I'm not talking bad about you. I'm talking good about me because here's the thing is when you talk good about you, when you start changing, because here's the thing is this is I want you guys, I want you guys to think about this. I'm gonna tell you this. When you start changing your vibration, I know I'm just kind of getting look, when you start changing your vibration and you start vibrating on the positive frame and you start changing that 80% of the negative thoughts in your head and you start repeating more positive and you start reaffirming positivity, you know what ends up happening? All the negative people start hating on you. They start going, You're the problem. You're the problem, Mr. Happy, happy, Mr. Everything's going good, Mr. Everything's bliss. They start saying all that because guess what? They live in a very miserable, they're miserable, right? They live in a very miserable reality. And miserable people love company. They love other miserable people, right? People who are negative want people who are negative. And then think about it as to when they see you as a positive, it's like the light and the darkness, right? Remember, they see you as the light. And what does the darkness do? The darkness wants to fight the light. So that's the, that's the same way you got to think about it is to, there will be, not even just externally will people try to fight it. There would also be internally until it becomes the truth, until it becomes your reality. You got to think about it from a perspective until you become somebody who is just a positive person, who everything you do is positive, everything. You see, one of the things I do, I tell myself is this, I, I, say, I, say, I say this. So a few ways in which I construct a very solid mind, and which is interesting is to people who are hating on this, please also take note, guys, because this is probably going to help you because, you know, help you grow your life rather than hating on people. Think about this. I would say this. I feel amazing. Just knowing that I am somebody who enjoys smiling. I feel great just knowing that I have always been blessed by God. Those are a few things. But you keep repeating that in your mind long enough, your subconscious. Then now you're feeding all that positive into your subconscious mind. And all it's going to do is it's going to take it. Same way it's like if, you, if you're like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't smile enough. Just be like, hey, I feel amazing just knowing that I'm someone who loves smiling. And just say it again. Say to yourself 1,000, 2,000. Because remember. If 80% of the thoughts you say, you think is, we think 12 to 12,000, 60,000 thoughts, and 80% of it is negative. If 12,000 of times you repeat to yourself, I feel great, just knowing I'm someone who loves smiling, I'm someone who has a happy life, I'm someone who, you know, have great and amazing people around me. Listen, your subconscious mind is going to take it and it's going to be like, you know what? That's it. That's where this person is. So that's what I'm going to show. That's what I'm going to get. Because the thing is, if you think more negative, if your life is not going anywhere right now, if you're in a position in which you're, you're struggling financially, you're struggling to get the relationship you want, you're struggling to keep your family together, kind of ask yourself, what's going on in here? You know, whenever a successful person tells you the success is 90% mindset and 10% skill, what do most people do? Oh, you lie. You're lying. Because all my life, I've been told I need to work for per hour, I need to work an hour, work, work, work. That's what success is, is more work, work, work. The reality is this. you and Bezos, Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, both have 24 hours. The difference is Bezos uses his 24 hours completely different than you do. He thinks in a, in a, in a scheme of, I'm not going to get too much into happy, you know, the, the, the positive and negative, but he thinks in leverage, you think more and do it myself. He thinks, how do I leverage this? How do I leverage more people? Jeff Bezos is not the one delivering the packages to you, is he? No. Somebody else is. Leverage, right? So, but that's a talk for another day. We can talk more about that. If that's what you guys want to see, drop it in the comment section below. And also, guys, like the video, subscribe to the channel. That's where we'll stop at. Stop right now. Just do that. If you're enjoying the comments, if you're enjoying the video, just do me a favor. Just like it. Subscribe to the channel. So you can get notified because you guys know 
almost pretty much daily, seven days a week, you're getting content from me. Seven days a week. Who else is giving you content seven days a week? Seven days. D-A-Y-S with A days. You're getting content from me because I genuinely care about your success. And I genuinely want you to be in a better position than you are today. That's the reason why we're covering negativity bias because most people don't even know that they're negative. And I want to make sure that this is something you realize, it's something you keep in the back of your mind, and you can snap out of it. Snap out of it, right? So basically, we, if we, as we dive deeper, right? So it's a process of auto-suggestion. Auto-suggestion is just basically when you say something long enough, it starts to become the reality in your life, okay? So that's basically what when we're looking at auto-suggestion. So now, another example slightly is, so one thing I want to talk about. So a few things we're going to talk about the negativity bias here. So one more key thing, which is important. I want you to think about this right now. What car do you drive? I'm going to give you a second to think about it. If you don't have a car, well, what shoe, what, and whatever it is, what, what's your favorite mode of transportation? Imagine a car. What's your dream car? Let's say you drive a, pot, no, let me see, what's a famous car? You drive a AMG, Mercedes AMG. Probably don't, but maybe you do. If you do, that's great. But let's think about whatever car you drive. You ever notice something that before you bought the car, you never, ever, ever, ever saw that car before. But now when you started looking into buying the car, for some reason you see the car everywhere. Or when you drive the car, for some reason all you see around you is other people with the car. You're like, wait. For some reason, before you bought the car, you never saw it before, but now everywhere you go, you're like, wait, why does he have a car? The car that you drive now becomes the most popular car on the street. So you're like, what? How? How? I've never seen this before. Now it's like it's the most popular thing. It's something called, there's a system in the brain called the reticular activating system. Okay? We're going to dive into the reticular activating system. This is going to just dive into, you know, unpacking the negativity there, negativity bias. So we're looking at the reticular activating system. So what is reticular activating system? Think about the reticular activating system. It's, I believe it's located in the frontal lobe. I gotta look that. I looked that up properly. But reticular activity system. Think about it as a filter. Okay, the reticular activity system is a filter, and it's a filter that is responsible for filtering out things that you basically are not you, you're not focusing on. Right. So you ever notice that you could be in a room with like a crowded room, but you don't recognize the noise, or you could be in a room. You know, as, as long as you're focused on one thing, what the reticular activity system does is whatever you are thinking about. So let's say. You know, you're thinking about whatever it is. What it does is think about like a, a, a tunnel, right? So think about it like a tunnel, right? So this is what it does. It's tunnel vision, right? It gives you that what basically is tunnel vision, right? So if you focus more on, so everything else is filtered out, right? So everything else is filtered out, right? Think about it from the perspective. Everything else is filtered out. Only things that you think about is actually what makes it into the reticular activating system. So think about it. Let's say the car. You weren't thinking about the car that you were looking up. So the car never made it through, right? You never made it through the filter, so you never saw it, right? But now you're thinking about it. What it does is now it lets that, it let, because you're looking at it, because it's, filled, it's seeing the car. You see the car, you just don't notice it, right? But now you're like, wait, why are you noticing now? It's because now it's now, it, it was before, it was just noise. Now it's like, oh, okay, he's focusing on it, so I need to, or I need to show him more of it. That's where it's the system. So when you focus more on the negative, think about it, right? When people go, you know, like, I remember this, you know, uh, a few friends of mine used to go, you know, this was a while back. They'll be like, oh, man, ain't shit. And I was like, okay, interesting. That's a very interesting, interesting, uh, um, interesting, interesting outlook. But why? Why? Do you go, well, my exes, all, everyone I dated, you know, all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them are the same. And I'm like, okay, interesting. So common denominators, what exactly about them are you focusing on? 
most likely focusing on a few traits. So they all have a common trait, which is interesting. But then also you got to look at it from a perspective of the fact that you're thinking about the negative. So when you think about the negative, they have phenomenal, great, amazing men out there. Your reticular activity system, what's it doing? It's not letting them through. It's not letting you see them. It's not letting you see the good men. If that's something you're looking for, it's not that he's all it's making you see is the ones that are going to come in and wreck your life because you're focusing on the negative aspect of the opposite gender. And that's exactly what you're seeing. If you're seeing in the perspective as to you will never make millions of dollars on an annual basis, you're like, oh, no, it's not possible. You might. There's opportunities out there. There's opportunities to make a million, but it's not showing it to you. It's only showing you the opportunities to make whatever you're comfortable with, your five grand. Or your 10 grand a month, whatever it is that you're opening for. But are there opportunities out there to make millions? Absolutely. But those opportunities, you don't get to see them. But when you start tuning the reticular activating system and you start focusing more on the positive, you start focusing more on the desires. Now, those things that you're looking on, the positive things that you're looking at, they start beginning to flow in through. They start beginning to come in. They start beginning to flow into the system. And now you're like, wait, where, where have you been all my life? Where has all this stuff been? Where? Because you were focusing on it. Right? You need to first thing, the first thing first to attract whatever it is you want in life. You got to first focus on it. You got to clarify. I want ABC. You got to clarify first. You know, whatever it is you want, I'm going to tell you the first rule of getting whatever it is you want is this you need to clarify what it is. Most people say they want to make a million dollars, but they're not specific. Okay. You want to make a million dollars. Okay. Why do you want to make a million dollars? Well, because financial freedom. Mm, okay. What are you trying to be free from? Well, because I don't want to work. Okay. Well, if I don't want to work, then why? What, what's the... I just want to be on the beach. That's what people see financial freedom as, right? Or it could be a, a concept of, you know, you have to be clarified. Like, oh, you know what? I want to be clear. You know, if you're, if you're in a, a single individual right now, you're like, I want a partner. I want to date this person. Be very specific as to who it is that you want. Write it down. Write it down on a piece of paper. This is the color of their hair. This is the, the the build of the person. This is how tall they are. This is what they do for a living. This is what is this. You might not get everything 100%, but you get. I guarantee you get 60 to 70% of whatever it is that you ask for. I can guarantee you that as long as you keep repeating that over a long time and long time horizon, long, basically, a longer time horizon, I guarantee you 1 million percent you will get that. I do not care whatever it is your goal is. If your goal is to make 100 grand a month, you will make 100 grand a month. I can guarantee you that as long as one, this is the key thing to your follow steps. Repeat that long enough, focus on it, and take advantage of opportunities and work. Go out there and work. Because the thing about life is this I'm going to tell you something about life. Whatever you want in life, you get it. If you want the negative, you get it. If you want the positive, you get it. It's up to you because life, you are an artist, okay? It is up to you. God has given you the tools in your hands, your legs, your mind, your eyes, your nose. God has given you the tools to go out there with a blank check. He literally gave you a check. Just imagine this. I don't have a check, but I don't know who cash checks. Somebody cash checks. He's giving you a check. And he says, my child, here is this check. Take it. And write however much you want. And you're like, really? However much I want? He's like, yes. However much you want, you can write it. You're like, but what do I have to do to cash it? He's like, okay, child. Look over here. Okay. The next thing, once you write the check, hey, you want to make that. 
Now you're going to write what you're going to do with it. Everything that is that you want, write it. What will have in this? What do you intend to you do with this when I give it to you? Like, okay. Okay. Thank you, God. Yes, absolutely. And then he says, right on the other side, what are you willing to give up to accomplish it? Like, you know what? This friend, I want to talk to them. This, you know, I don't want to, I give up gambling. I give up whatever it is, whatever it is. Say your vices. Okay. Boom. Okay. Then he's like, okay, my child, look over here. How much learning and mentorship are you willing to do to get it? You're like, ah, well, God, um, I guess 15 minutes a day. I'm going to read for like 10, 15 minutes. I can give, I can give 10, 15 minutes. He's like, okay, my child, 10, 15 minutes, you can do it. And he's like, okay, child. Look over here. How many hours are you willing to work for this? Well, God, I mean, I'm currently doing about 40 hours a week. So, like, you know, I'm maybe like 20, 15, 20. Okay. He's like, okay. My child, 15, 20, 15 minutes of reading. And you still want to be drinking and doing all the partying. You still want to be doing this. Well, let me see if you qualify for what it is you're asking for. He's like, nope. Nope. Get out of here. Right? Why do I bring that up? I bring that up as to whatever it is that you want in life. You have to be willing to, one, clarify what it is. Understand you're going to have to give up a few things. Understand that you're going to have to increase your knowledge because the more you learn, the more you earn. Right? The difference between income earners is basically just based off of knowledge and experiences. The difference between you and your CEO, most of the time, also this connection as well. Relationships play a key. Because I'm going to tell you this. You could be the smartest person, but if you don't know anybody, no. Because let me tell you this. 70% of success, especially in, in whatever corporation or business you know, whatever business, you can get there with your skills and merits. But the remaining, you got to know people. Trust me, you got to know people. Anyone who tells me like, well, life isn't fair. I didn't make the rules. I, I, I'm just a player in the game. I didn't make the rules. I did not make the rules. I'm just telling you right now that, that to get to the first 70% in life, you can make it with skills. But the remaining, you got to know people. If you want to get 100% of success, you got to make relationships with people, okay? You got to know people. You got to know people. That's very, 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 very important. I can't stress that enough. You got to know people. People got to people gotta see you. People got to see you. Like, for instance, there's, I think there's a – you can make it to, like, in the Army. I think you can become a, a two-star, a three-star general based off of, your, you know, time, service, and all the accomplishments you do in service. But I think to be a three-star general, I think three or four-star general, you got to be appointed. What does that mean? That means you got to know people. Same concept. Same key thing is you got to know people. The thing about success is there's a portion of it you can do by yourself, and the rest you got to be pulled up. You got to be pulled up, right? So that's the thing is this. That's why you got to think about the power of harvesting and harnessing your mind to keep the people around you. And when I understood this, when I understood the RAS, I understood auto-suggestion. I stopped setting my goals very small because the thing about this is I set small goals. I hit them. So if I hit all my goals, you might as well set bigger goals. Same concept is to you. You might as well set bigger goals, right? So that's, for, that's a, the, the portion of the activity system. So the more negativity, if you spend 80% of your time to focus on negativity, you're going to get 80% of the time. All you're going to get in your life is, 80, is negativity. If you spend most of your time focusing on positivity, all you're going to get most of the time is positivity. If you spend, and this is the thing is this, 
if you have people that don't like you and you have haters, if you spend most of the time focused on haters, all you're going to get is haters. I love my haters. I love people who genuinely are out there conspiring against me. I genuinely do it because guess what? You guys are part of my marketing team. You're working for free. You're free advertisers. You watch all my content. You're, you're free advertisers. I'm grateful for it. Thank you. Because guess what? You work for free. You share the content. Other people see it. They come and subscribe. Even though you're sharing it for negativity, they come in to check it. They're like, well, he actually makes sense. And then they actually subscribe. And guess what? I get new subscribers. Thank you. I'm grateful for it. Because you are marketers. I honestly would not have this channel growing as fast as you guys are helping me. Thank you a lot. Okay. If you you know, thanks a lot. So just based on the fact that our brain is mostly negative, it takes more time. I'm going to take you this. I'm going to also side note here. It takes more time. And more energy and more effort to be positive. I want you guys to see this statistic because this is an interesting this is an interesting study that I found out. I was I was kind of just curious. I was like, okay, well, let's see. Let's see. I was like, I was genuinely just curious. And I'm like, all right, let's think about this. I was like, the stinking burn calories, right? I was like, the stinking burn calories. I was actually, I was actually curious about this. And the basic answer is yes. I think there's like somewhere it's gonna ask me for like an article somewhere to, to like pay money or something. I ain't pay money. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. The answer is yes. So let me see how many calories does the brain burn. The brain burns, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, roughly about 320. Yeah, there you go. That material typical that a person uses about 320 calories to think. So you use about 320 calories to think. So you got to eat if you want to stay positive. Staying healthy is, is important to overcoming that negative self-talk. Staying positive is important to understand, taking that over, overcome that negative self-talk, right? And most another thing which is also interesting to understand, and this is, we're going to look at a short, and this short is going to basically talk about, which is kind of interesting, is we're going to dive into the dynamic of where does negativity come from, right? Where exactly is that negativity coming from? Where is the negativity coming from? And this is something that I kind of want to dive in deeper with you guys as to where negative stuff comes, comes from. And we can also, this is just another part as to the first explanation that we gave. You know. Where does the negative self-talk in your head come from? It comes from the outside. That's where it starts. So when you have kids, where does the negative self-talk in your head come from? It comes from the outside. That's where it starts. So when you have kids that are browbeaten by parents, nagged by parents, always making comparisons to your older, brighter, stronger, faster, more charismatic sibling, when they always make those comparisons, you learn that. In the same way that you learn slang and you learn the language that you speak at home, you learn that kind of self-talk because other people speak to you that way. So if you look at some of these relationships like therapy or coaching or even intimate friendships, intimate romantic partners, mentors, mentees, as people start treating you non-judgmentally, you will learn how to look at yourself non-judgmentally. So what he's, what he's saying there is, is saying, he's, he's coming from a perspective that the negativity comes from basically your environment, right? In a sense, as to if you have negative people around you, you, if you have five negative, four negative people, you're going to be number five. If you have parents telling you, oh, you're not going to amount to anything. Who are you? What? We don't do that. No, 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 no. That's for the other people. We don't do that. No, 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 no. We stay right here. If you have limited parents, most of that self-talk is going to be in your head. It's going to be negative because all you're going to think about is you're going to think about the fact that, well, they told me I can't do this. They told me I can't do that. My mom says I can't do this. My father says I can't do this. And honestly, some of it is just programming because your mind is impressionable when you're young. And this is just to take note, parents. Take, take, take note. Take note of this. Be careful the words you tell your kids. Be careful what you say to your children because they do not know, they cannot discern as they're young the difference. All they know is how it makes them feel. Okay? Take heed.
take note of what you tell your, your, your kids. Okay. So that's basically one of the things to talk about. Right. So, and we basically remember guys, we're going to end on the notes and this is very interesting. So this is kind of like, I saved the best for last. We're about to discuss. Okay. Okie dokie. All right. So I found this and I'm going to, I'm actually, this is, this has a bunch of ads on it. So I'm going to try to navigate to the, like the meat of the, of the, um, uh, of the most important thing. And this is basically, so this was kind of, uh, let's see, are they showing that? No. Okay, good. All right. Let's kind of dive in. I want to, I want to show you guys this article. So, Notion about Nintendo Dialogue is a fairly new one. Until psychologist Russell Herbert's studies started coming out in the late 90s, it was widely accepted that everyone had a little voice narrating in their head. Now, Herbert, Herbert, who has been studying people's inner peak experience for 40 years, estimates that only 30 to 50 percent of the population frequently think. Only 30 to 50 percent of people actually uh, thinking. So, what about the other 50 to 70 percent? What exactly goes on in your head? So, think about this only 30 percent of 50 percent to 50 percent of people are actually thinking. So you might be having, imagine, imagine you're having a conversation, because I'm thinking, I'm having a conversation. Imagine you have a conversation with your sibling, and you're talking to your sibling. You're like, I wonder if they're not thinking right now. Or you're having a conversation with your spouse, and you're like, I wonder if anything's going on in your head right now. Or you're talking to someone at work, and you're like, I wonder if they're thinking about something. What's going on in your head? Because here's the key concept of things is this, is when your mind is a blank slate, you're not thinking about anything because you're probably watching this right now. You're not thinking about anything. If your mind is a blank slate, right? Just think about it as an empty, empty, empty face, mud to be molded. That means that somebody else can come in and put in plant seeds of thoughts that are not yours. Same thing with the parents. They can plant seeds with thoughts that are not yours. And because you don't have any way of counterbalancing or thinking about anything else, boom, you're open to be programmed. You're open for the, your wiring is open for somebody else to rewire it. So what am I saying is this is you need to take control of your internal dialogue. You need to be very cautious as to what you're what you're accepting, and you got to question everything that you have inside of in, it as a belief. Is it my belief? Is it my parents' belief? Is it society's belief? Is it really what I believe? And you're like, what about I don't know because most of my life has been influenced as a child, and you got to think about it from a perspective of what is right and what is wrong. What are the consequences of every action? This has been a longer live. I am absolutely grateful for everybody else joining me on today. You guys were awesome. You guys were amazing. It was absolutely phenomenal to do this. And obviously, guys, tune in for the next day. And do me a favor. If you got any value, I mean, this is me. Two hands. If you got any value for this, I can't tell you, dudes, I guess. If you got any value from this, do me a favor. Share this video with your friend. And be like, oh, family, or somebody be like, hey, this this guy, Emmanuel, he's talking. He's got the elephant in the background. Super cool dude. Learn a lot from him. And share the video with your friend. And absolutely, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks again for everybody joining me. And obviously, as I always like to say, and I'm going to say it again, enjoy. And oh, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Spotify, please follow. And also on YouTube, I think click somewhere. There's going to be somewhere for you to click. Let here, 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 or something. Watch another episode of the video, guys. And that's